You're listening to the After The Show podcast, the weekly movie review show from your friends at ascully.com. We were just talking about uh, childhood sweets. Before the After The Show discussion. Equals? Childhood sweets. What, what sweets do you... Like, we call them sweets. What do you call them? Candy. Candies, right? So, what sweets do you remember as from being a kid? Everybody probably knows what that is. Yeah, they probably Tic Tacs. A box of nails. Tic Tacs, <laughs> which I just bought at the store. And I can smell it. Mm-hmm. Hold on. <laughs> it's fruit, all oh. mixed fruit flavors. Yeah. And um, peppermints, you know, just individually wrapped peppermints. What kind of candy did I eat? Mostly that, um, sweet tarts, you know, or Smarties, which are like a little tube of little tiny sweet and sour grainy. Now, Smarties is an interesting one. They call Smarties here and you just explain them. Our Smarties are not those at all. They are uh, pieces of chocolate covered in a shell, similar to an M&M, but they're like a, they're flat and they're not like. I would say it tastes exactly like an M&M or Smartie. It's just the shape is different. Um, Fresh and smart, like a little little tiny hockey puck shaped thing. But when you bite it, it's real sweet, but it's got a little bit of tartness. Right. So the, the sweets I remember, I used to go to this toffee shop. We call them a toffee shop in England. And there was one on the way to school. And with we used to get lunch money to go to school and a little bit of money to get some snack at break or whatever. And I used to go into the toffee shop. And the toffee shop had a... Um, like a pick and mix thing where you could go up to the guy at the counter and, oh, yeah. and you give him ten P and then there was like a big a big like like a like a bulk selection kind yeah, of Yeah, like and then you pick one of each you could have ten things for ten P, which was ten P explained to the American people. Ten P is like ten cents. Well not really, but one it, P it, is the hundredth of your pound. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> you'd give him the ten P piece and then you'd pick ten of these things and the things that I loved the most were White chocolate mice. Do you remember those? Remember. Delicious. Like just a little white chocolate mouse, and it's kind of thick chocolate. Um, cola cubes, which were little sugary cubes that you suck and they taste like Coca Cola. <laughs> Coke bottles, which were like gummy Wax. worms. Oh, no, nice. I, was, I was like gummy worms, but in the shape of a Coca Cola bottle and they taste like cola. Right. I love those as well. And pear drops, which were hard. Boiled sweets that you suck that taste just like pear. Ooh, that sounds yummy. Really good. Uh, they're still available, all the sweets that I remember when I was a kid. They're still available. You can buy them on uh, online. But I, I, th- we also had blackjacks, which were like a licorice chew, which was really delicious. Um, did you have, uh, like, swizzle fountains where it was like a piece of licorice and you dip it in some sherbet? No. We had Twizzlers, or, you know, licorice sticks. That's what I liked. The rope licorice, which was like a bag... Or if you got it at, like, the dime store where the guy had, like, you described where there's candy behind and then they yeah. get a, dig a clump out of a big thing. And it was, like, spaghetti thin, big lump of it, like a big rolled up, like a rope, but it's real skinny. And then I would just start feeding it into my mouth and making a circle in my mouth until I couldn't get any more in there. <laughs> nice. And you get, like, this big, clumpy, sugary, weird, you know, all stuck in your mouth. Or... I would, like, sit on my swing and have the big bulk of it, like, wrapped around. I'd wrap it really perfectly, like, around my thumb or around some of my fingers. And then just pull a little bit off at a time. And then 
with my hand up holding on to the chain by the swing and my head poked up like this like up in the air and then I would just like feed it into my mouth and eat it <laughs> sounds, sounds delightful uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything oh um, did you used to have like little flying saucers they were called flying saucers in England and it's like rice paper no two pieces of rice paper like stuck together and in the middle was a uh, fizzy sherbet which is like um, I don't know what you call sherbet our sherbet it's like a powder, and it's kind of tangy and a bit fizzy on your tongue. Like Pop Rocks? Like Pop Rocks, but without the popping part. Okay. It's just sour and tingly. But there was some of that in between two pieces of rice paper, and because the stuff in the middle was like a lot of it, it kind of bulged the rice paper, and they looked like a little flying saucer. So you put it in your mouth, kind of like the communion biscuit. And, and the go, rice paper go, dissolves. It dissolves, and then all that goes all frothy in your mouth. No, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, those are delicious, too. <laughs> There's all kinds of weird candy when... Uh, Still is, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure there is. But, um, but there is nothing where you can get 10 for 10, pe- 10 cents. What's P stand for? Pence? Yeah. Okay. I also love this one particular uh, chew. I think it was called a refresher, if I'm not wrong. But it was like a, a, a fruit chew, you know, like a toffee chew. But then when you opened the... It was just a tiny little thing, like 2P or something. When you opened it, there was a little tiny little wax paper comic book. <laughs> oh, my God. But it was just one sheet of a comic. So it was like, uh, you know, Dennis the Menace or something. We had that with um, Bazooka Joe gum. Or yeah. Bazooka yeah, gum. Yeah, we had those too. And it was wrapped gums. in it. And yeah. you unwrap it and inside was one little cartoon comic. Yeah, I think just, they still Just like that. And it was on wax paper. And I used to just collect them. like. But it was always one. Bazooka Joe. It wasn't... Any other comic? We had bazooka um, gum as well. Bazooka, right. uh, but yeah. the comic was never something famous. It was always Bazooka Joe. Oh, I was was just it could be the Beano comics that exist. It was all different, and I used to collect them. I had tons of them. Like I read the comics recently in the Sunday paper that was laying around at work. It wasn't very funny. And I used to, I used to, Sunday was like fantastic. I would get the paper, pull out the Sunday, the comic part. If my mom hadn't or whoever hadn't pulled it already, lay in front of the TV super early. In the day, and just lay on my elbows like this, and just lay right on the paper and read every single word. Even the ones I hated, like Dick Tracy or Superman, or like the stupid ones that looked all serious and shit. I'd just read after I read all the funny ones, like Marmaduke and <laughs> stuff yeah, like that. Then well, Garfield wasn't around when I was a little kid. No, that didn't come till later. Oh, but yeah, um, yeah. very old. Um, yes, I'm very old. That then after I read all of them and I'd read every single thing, like. Even the ads and the little thing where it says go to art school and learn how to draw this thing. I'd read every single little thing. And then I would read the, like, what I thought were boring. I still think they look boring. Like the ones with the guys with the G-men or the men in suits and shit like that. I never wanted to read those, but they were my last resort. Like, <laughs> I actually used to get a comic called The Beano. What is this podcast about? <laughs> if we're reminiscing it. I got a, I, I got a um, comic called The Beano. And my favorite favorite time because what the Beano did and it was just it, Dennis the Menace and Nasha were in there they're not your Dennis the Menace though it's the English comic mm. Dennis the Menace and like different there's different characters but what I loved about it is sometimes they put a free gift on the on the cover and that was to get more readers or whatever and sometimes it was a really good free gift and it used to, I used to get it delivered in the, you know um, from the paper man and when it dropped through the mailbox, and I knew it was a free gift week, because they, they say the week before, next week, look out, it'll be in a plastic bag, and there'll be this, that, and the other. And it was always like a Frisbee, <laughs> or a, a Frisbee with Dennis the Menace on Well, it. something that would go through your 
left. Mail hole. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or it would be uh, some sweets, like a, like mm. a sherbet dip stuck to the front of it, or um, a plastic moustache, and it would say it was a disguise kit. And I used to just... Like love it. Oh, yeah. I, was, I was like waiting for the free gift issue. Oh, the free gift! And then at every every week when I opened the Beano, I turned to the back page first, and the back page was telling you what was coming next week. And if it was a free gift issue, it would like, <laughs> and I'd be like, oh yeah, and I'd be waiting all week for this free gift issue to come. So I used to love that. Then there was what like issues where it was in 3D and you got the glasses in the back. We'll be talking a little bit about brainwashing later in the show. So, um, yeah. <laughs> how that how, might relate. That's how we're reminiscing for today. Um, so, this is Saturday, September the 1st. I didn't realize it was the 1st. So, happy September, everybody. Uh, 2012. This is After the Show, the weekly movie review podcast brought to you by uh, Ace Gullet, which is me, and Sid Talk, which is you. Correct. And we are? We are married. Yes. <laughs> Oh, sorry. We're married Correct. to each other, and we talk. And we, we review record, movies. We record it, yes. and we put it on the internet, and then people listen to it. So, the movie we're going to be looking at this week is uh, a movie that came out earlier this year. Um, we're looking at it a little bit late, but we're looking at it on the, all the same. It's uh, Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene. It's a really easy title to forget or switch them all around. Not I've, for me now. I've said it in several different ways this Not week. Not since I've seen it. It's Not totally, since I've seen it, yeah. but before. Concrete I'm, in my brain. I actually wrote it down on the on, when I was doing the website stuff for this. Every, every possible combination <laughs> of those names I've wrote it. So, yeah. Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene. This is a Blu-ray release. It's a 2011 movie released on Blu-ray uh, on the 18th of August. It, that's wrong. It was released on Blu-ray... Um, in July, I believe. Oh, right. Uh, so it is available now. It's um, R-rated, and the tagline to the movie is, you can get away, but you can never escape. Which makes sense when you see the movie. Uh, it's from our friends at Fox, and Sid Talk is going to give you the synopsis of Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene. It is about a young woman who escapes, and we will use that word because it's appropriate, from a cult that she has, Wandered I don't know if it's into. joined. You know, yeah, it's more like yeah, whatever. Because we don't know the exact origins, but um, it's the two weeks after she's left. What what impact does it have? And then and then we get some insight into how they indoctrinate people, and that mostly it's about what what happens to you after any period of time with this type of intense brain. Brainwashing, which it's everywhere anyway, but this type, the specific type of brainwashing. So, um, the movie itself, we'll just say uh, there could be spoilers here. If you've not seen the movie, we recommend you go and see it and then come back and listen to us. Talk you, de- about it. you definitely can because it's obviously out there. It is. So, um, let's say, movie. Um, I didn't know a lot about this movie. I only knew that we watched Silent House and we did review it a few weeks ago, and it was my first experience of seeing uh, this young actress, Elizabeth Olsen. And I said to you, oh, I really like her. I want to see something else with her in. And this happened to be the first movie that she's made before Silent House. Right. So um, that piqued my interest to to see this. So let me say, awesome movie. Really awesome movie. Um, It's... I've not really seen many movies that look into, like, cults, actually. Because when I was thinking of some for um, recommendations this week, I was like, so what have I seen about cults? 
I've seen Helter Skelter. I think everybody has. <laughs> but and it's I wasn't going to recommend less about the cult and more about what they did. Yeah, that movie is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't going to recommend that one because you know. So I don't think I've seen that many things that deal with this. We all know it because we hear it in the news reports. We've you know seen seen stuff on TV about it. I believe you know, and and you could say, as you were saying earlier, that cults are all around us anyway. Like, Absolutely, you know, Christianity could be a cult. Um, uh, Scientology could be a cult, or you know, being really into Breaking Bad and being in like the going to being the fan a Star conventions, Wars and, complete freak, could be or whatever a cult. it is. Yeah, you know, whatever your your thing that you follow. Because once a person's crossed a line, I think of thinking their way of thinking or their view of the world is correct and yours is not. And then they are on a, a, a mission for whatever reason, if it's a personal goal they have to control people or they truly believe what they believe. But they now have crossed over a, a line to where they are compelled to bring you in with them. It's not a matter of, I think this and you think that and let's live our own separate lives. It's more like target, fish, fishing, I'm fishing, I'm throwing you a, a, a bait and I'm reeling you in until I can at least get the illusion of you believing what I believe. And then you will now become part of our thinking and then we'll move on to the next and the next. That is where, to me, because I don't know anything technically about cults, but then if you apply that, to, like you said, we've all met people who, say you come across somebody from class reunion, when you knew them 20 years ago, just whatever you remember, and now all of a sudden, they've become a staunch d- Democrat. Right. Like, absolutely, firm on the feet on the ground, no compromise, absolutely whatsoever, everything is wrong with the Republicans, absolutely everything they think... It's, it's insane, and the world's going to hell because they're doing this and doing that, and their their goal is to get you to change your mind. And you look at them, and you th- and it could be that topic could be anything. They could have just found Jesus, or they could have just dumped their religion and start spewing out to you all the things that are wrong with the religion, and they've become an atheist because, and they're trying to get you to change your mind. We all have met that person, and your the your on your real reaction is whoa. Like, no, 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 no. What What's going on here? And if you have a crack in you somewhere, I think in this movie really shows it beautifully, so elegantly, that a person who has a question mark in their mind or those cracks or however you want to describe it, holes in who they are, a weakness that is almost insurmountable, that someone who comes along with a very strong anything, compassion or heart, you know, Let's use Nazis as an example. That kind of shit where this big, huge idea. Or in this case. And they're going to help you and make you feel good and make you right. And everyone else is wrong. And it just. In this case. Uh, melt kind into of it. Like it's an exact fit for what she needs. Exactly. What she, what she finds is exactly what she needs. Exactly. Even though. But it isn't. But it is That's at the, the time. Like it's like a. Ah, but it isn't. That's why it isn't it, ultim- exactly. ultimately. Because it's. There's more to it than she originally thinks. It seems like an innocent thing until you get in there, and then they say, "Oh, now you're in with us. You have to follow these rules, otherwise right. you're not in with us." But when she looks outside of that, yeah, the it, same thing that's applies. Up to, yeah. So that's why this movie I really liked because 
it starts with her escaping from the cult. There's no yeah. spoiler in there because it happens in the first like <laughs> five seconds. She leaves the cult, and then it proceeds to f- tell the story of the cult part by flashbacks, which I really liked because it it the juxtapose of the um, yeah, yeah. of she goes to see her sister. Her sister's not seen her for two years. She's been missing, so. She goes to see her with her sister. Her sister's pleased to see her, but it's obviously not right. It doesn't seem right. Like so, but a sister, you know, is successful and lives with the, a British uh, husband. Husband who's successful also and successful as she tries to point out their idea of success. Yeah, as, as, as most people, rich. But, you know, they just seem like a you know people who've well, got the shit together. Let's put it this way: they've bought into the cult of yeah. materialism. Uh, yeah, and that's the that's what I'm getting yeah. to. That's the message of this movie. Like uh, it juxtaposes average normal people with somebody who chooses a different thing and says which one's right. Like, why is it normal to be what they're doing? Well, that's what we most most people look. We live in a house. We get we got married. I'm saying. Oh, well, I guess I see them different. I see them as like trying to be rich and stuff. See, I don't. I just yeah. see them as people who got a career. And, no, he's and, talking and about something. losing millions of dollars on a building that he's designing and everything. I, I'm thinking of them as having that that too materialistic view. And no, not that's not normal to me either. Well, that was the idea. I, I guess I, I I don't mean that. I just mean people who are not like fucked up. Just people who are. Well, they are maybe underneath, mm-hmm. but on the on the surface, they're just average people. They've got a car. They've got they, these people haven't got children, but they've got a car. They've got jobs. They live in a nice house, rented house. <laughs> um, well, no, it's an additional house. But the juxtapose yeah. is between that and you know this girl and who's right. But you know, there's po- there's portions of both things that are right, and that's what's cool about it. And what I really like about it is it's not trying to say one's better than the other. It's just showing you both. Showing you what can happen, like, to um, Martha. Like, Martha's been through this thing, and it's kind of messed her up. And her sister's also affected by this thing, and also her own life. Oh, she doesn't know this existed. No, she doesn't, but she's affected by her sister Martha, who appears to be something wrong with her. Like, she doesn't know what it is, because she doesn't communicate with her. But I really liked the... So I really like the fact that they cleared that she escaped the cult at the beginning and then unravel what happened in the cult. Because we know there's going to be some sinister stuff happening in that cult. Don't know how far the extent of it is, but you get to learn all yeah. that. But I also liked um, the filmmaking style of it. I, th- I thought it was really cool. It's like, um, I don't know, it's hard to explain. Dream state, it feel like to me a lot of the time, like somebody who's kind of like... like hmm. It's got this woggly camera that blurs in and out a lot. Like it uses that focal depth all the time. Like, and it's it's not woggly camera like um, the Hunger Games last week. I'm, I just mean it's not it's not your straight up style of shooting. And he blurs like people out in the background and focuses on the foreground, but then doesn't focus on the background person. Lets them come into the focus. I like that kind of filmmaking. It makes it look more creepy to me than a little bit the, creepy the, yeah especially in the place where um, the cult is occurring it just seemed really now it was pretty sinister what was going on um yes and I liked that's, that's like most putting it very mildly <laughs> yeah but and I liked what was going on and I was hoping as I was watching it don't let this turn into like you know they're weird and they eat people or some shit yeah. like that don't be a horror movie or whatever and I was glad that it wasn't that. 
Because it isn't that. Mm-mm. But it does have elements of violence and stuff. Um, but what it boils down to for me is like the performances of people. It's, it's just really excellently acted. I don't think there's anybody bad in it. No. It's like a... I don't know. I She's amazing. The whole... There's a lot of people in it, in the cult. <laughs> and they're all great. Like, it's... Yeah, I mean, there's about 10, 10 people, 15 maybe. Yeah, and some of them don't really say anything, but but it's it adds to the, you know, just you can see what they're, they're doing. They're like a they're small herd around. of cattle. Uh, yeah, yeah, really, yeah. And they're controlled and they have to do certain things at certain times. And it's really creepy for me when, like, the men all eat together and then the women have to stand and wait and then then the women can have something to eat when they've That happened finished. in my lifetime in my family. When I was little, that's what the women did. They would stand either behind or in the corner, kind of. Not like in the corner, but... Or in the kitchen. And then the men would sit at the big table and eat. And then, because you're cleaning up, doing the dishes, and then you'd kind of eat at the... Not me, because I was just little. But I have pictures of it from the first few years of my life of my grandmother and my great aunts. That's what they did. And it's not... That was just standard, normal behavior. Normal, quote-unquote. And what I really like about this movie, how it doesn't round things off. It doesn't... Like, I was thinking, oh, okay, so so they're going to send it to a psychiatrist and there we'll learn everything. But we don't learn things. It's it's The secrets are kept. Like, it's... You know, she do, she's not telling the sister what, what occurred. Correct. Um, and that is a genius thing for me because... but it, And it makes you feel uneasy when you're watching it because you're never getting answers. Like, I mean, you, you know what happened, but you... What questions do you have? My questions were like, how would, how as a sister, what would she react to this? Um, what would she do? Would she mother her? Would she um, send her away? Would she make sure to cling on to her? Get rid of the man, the boyfriend, uh, husband, husband? Why would she? I don't know. I'm saying there oh, are right. different scenarios right. that could occur, right? So you know, and it could be frustrating for a viewer because you don't. It's more like a chunk of something. But that never happened. even occurred to me. Right. Never even well, thought it did of for that. me. I was yeah. occur- that was occurring to me a lot. I never thought. I never even thought of that aspect. And you of know, it. some people might say there's there's a the ending's interesting. I'll just say that mm-hmm. um, could frustrate some people. I guess I don't know. Um, but I like that kind of a what you call it, like ambiguity. I guess to something. So that's just telling people now the ending, basically that it's ambiguous. No, I just mean the whole piece is. Amb- yeah. Um, it's ambiguous in in its whole thing. Like it, just the way it purposely doesn't cover everything because in this kind of situation where somebody like her wouldn't want to talk about this openly and you're not it's not clear whether she prefers that yeah that's what i'm saying yeah you know there are times where you look at her and think she's probably gonna go back there because i think she's missing it slightly Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. like this seems really mundane to that to her because you know, or wrong, yeah, like, yeah, where she has the conversation with the husband, um, mm-hmm. which you know, it's really a good film. I I can't say enough about it, and it's, it covers like you know, I feel like they might have done a lot of research on cults mm-hmm. because when a lady who was speaking about cults was talking about stuff, you know, there were specific points in the movie that were, I don't know a ton about them, but. I do know about how they go about trapping people in there, like, you know, preying on weak people like she is, you know. she. There's a prequel kind of film on the um, Blu-ray as well, like a um, short film. 
I think it's not prequel. It's just it's not, but I think it kind of serves as one. It kind of shows you uh, how the process that another helped. another the fishing, person the being fishing pulled, yeah, uh-huh. pulled in. Yeah, pulled yeah. in. That's what it is. Like, um, um, and that also, and it's very. It's like fifteen minutes long. That also does the same thing to me. It's like yep. you know, that's the interesting part to me. Um, this weird, like throwing a piece of cheese and just pulling it slowly, slowly, slowly until they just all of a sudden kind of don't realize what they're doing. They're just like, oh, okay, go here, do that. We, when, you know. I wonder if part of... When you're in a mass group of any kind, and I'll use politics again as an example. Let's say I'm hardcore Republican. Let's say I'm a Tea Party person. I've, I've quote-unquote seen the light. Oh, yes, now I've done my research, and I totally hardcore believe in everything the Tea Party's saying. And we're having a rally, and each of us is told, bring a guest. Bring somebody with you who needs to learn what we're telling, right. what we've learned. Bring somebody with you who <laughs> has decided. That's our phone ring. It's your work. Oh, is it? Mm. Interesting. Well, I'll get it later. And get it? No. That's fine. It'll stop ringing. (laughs) But that they, I can see that happening in any group. Churches say, bring people in. Let's, let's help people see the light of God. Bring people in and let's show them that Republican is the way to go. Bring people in and we'll educate them. And then when you are the outsider and you're there and you start giving the opposing view, they have their ways of knocking each one of what you think all of your ideals down one by one methodically and then my personality is one kind of personality yours is another everybody's got a different thing so that group the leader of that group and then the sort of administrators of the group i would think who kind of rise to the authority they start figuring out types of people if you get this person and they show you this and this and this resistance then do this this and this and you will win them over because like I believe, I believe, even myself, anybody can be convinced of anything. If you, if you get that, that little tool in there just in the right angle to shatter or shake loose or fill in something that's wrong in that person's inner self that they can't quite, you know, satisfy, anybody can be deluded or, well, brainwashed, like, into anything, anything. And people will say, oh, no, well, of course the way of of making lots of money and getting a career and having a nice house, of course that's how you're supposed to live. What are you, fucking crazy? Of course this is the way to live. And then you start going, yeah, but do you realize that the shoes that you are wearing were made, like, in really bad circumstances for other humans who are not living the life, but they made your fancy shoes. So? It's not my problem. That's That's where the crack comes in. Then if you start digging at it a little bit. And so I think it's a fascinating way, this movie. I agree completely that they show you this person who is intelligent. She's well-spoken. She seems compassionate and interested in people. And yet we, we get to know a little bit about her history. A little bit of brokenness. You know, mother's passed away, father's not in the picture, stays with this one aunt who's, you know, that you get a little bit of glimpse. So she's sort of like an empty vessel, just looking for something, and this thing comes along. And 
how, you know, how can you argue other than the horrific things that go on? Like there's no, there's never a nice balance of of a cult's behavior. Seems like it's always no, something the, the, horrible. It, yeah, like in the extras, the director guy said, "Oh yeah, it seems all fun and games at the beginning. It's real nice and fun." I don't really agree. It no. always seems sinister to me. Yeah. <laughs> but there again, we're looking at it from an outside point and of we, view, and the music, knowing kind of what, <laughs> but the music yeah, this, tells you this foreboding music, you know. So yeah, if you're in it, like hundred percent in it, it wouldn't seem sinister, I guess. Um. But yeah, it's a really interesting look, and I don't think this subject's been covered tons. I don't think it's something that maybe it has, and I've just not seen those movies. But maybe that'll be the next fad: no more zombies, no more Dracula, just cults, no more vampires. Yeah, cults will become the next thing. So, um, oh, did you like? Uh, did you like it uh, fully? Yes. You like that? I mean, I don't like to say I liked it because it's really horrific. Yeah, but... I think I actually think that is an interesting point. It's a hard movie to watch because. Um, it's really gloomy, like mm-hmm. all the time. The music's gloomy. The the cinematographer's gloomy. It's gloomy. It's um, it's never. Is it gloomy to me? It's more like real. Yeah, but there's that's no, often there's no gloss. There's to no the glamour to it to the or... sister's life. It's got. I mean, she's got. They've got a really nice, big, ritzy house, but it's not all glamorous and shit. And then the cult, the colors are very the same. I mean, you get a little bit more sharpness on the sister side than on the cult side but I like that it's like you're really watching just someone with a camera who's filmed yeah that's you know. how I felt with it. it it's not overly stylistic or that kind of thing it just feels like this interesting story that's really tragic in mm-hmm. parts where you're like you know her behavior has been completely modified by these people whereas she can't, in in the real normal world, in quotes I'll put that, she's not functioning very well. You know, mm-hmm. she like where she goes in the bedroom in the middle of the night. But was she before? I don't know. That's, That's the, thing. the thing. That's the thing. Yeah. What was she? I'm before? thinking not because of the sister's reaction. It yeah. seemed very. You know, because but in terms of being broken on the inside, do you know what I mean? Maybe she's never learned, and then this cult place, the social mores and the acceptable. Lines that are crossed with sexuality and all that kind of stuff are blurred now. But she's only there for two years, so... That's enough. It's one of the only flaws that I found, was that... Two years is enough to be modified. I'm not sure. She's... You know, people... But she was a grown woman, so she's not like a little girl. She's not like ten years... She wasn't like ten years old when she went into it, therefore, as a human, she hasn't formed, you know... You can kind of overwrite things when you're a child. She's already grown up when she goes. And so to undo things that are pretty solid, we'll give the example of she goes into the bed, the sister and husband are having sex, it's dark, she, she's, she's having a hard time sleeping, so she just walks into the room and lays on the side of the bed with them, not interfering or anything. She just lays there because she needs some comfort, but they're actually going at it, and then, of course, they discover her there in the dark and freak, freak out. out yeah. I don't know that a grown person that that would that's something that could have been undone that easily, but you know, I don't know. Maybe she was also just pushing the boundaries. Like I kind of know, and I don't know that I'm supposed to do this, and let's just see what happens. Well, you can't you kind of program them, right? They say like people who you mm-hmm. know, get institutionalized too, like you know, easily. definitely. Like and then then they don't really know how to function properly, and that happens. I said you could have a cult of a marriage. 
that your behavior and the way you are, the way you do things, the way you dress, the way you behave can be completely modified because the other person is so overbearing and so demanding. Yeah, well, we've seen that um, you are supposed to like erase on a real life like yeah, that. Yeah, I know, but I'm, what that I mean is we've get, seen it portrayed in movies where that you get erased in the process. Well, like a wife is being abused by somebody. I know it for real, not movies. Yeah, well, I'm saying I'm just saying there are movies that cover that subject where uh, that's funny. Where um you know it changes one person completely, like, and they can't operate in the real world. They can't. They go right. out. They're frightened. They're just like uh, controlled. Yeah. Um, your uh, other phone is beeping. <laughs> now. So um, if you hear a beep, <laughs> you will for the next ten every ten minutes. That's right. So um, let's move into the cast here. Elizabeth Olsen plays Martha. Uh, we saw her in Silent House. I really liked her. This only furthers my Absolutely. thing of like she is amazing. Like um. I want to see more of her. And I said to you, I don't want to see her in glitzy Hollywood, like, tripe. Tripey type movies. (laughs) I want to see interesting subjects. And she seems like she's... I mean, both these movies were interesting to me. So, um, she's so... How I would describe her is, she's, like, fearless as an actress. Yes. Because, you know, in this movie, she she exhibits a lot of emotions and different things by saying nothing a lot of the time, just by visuals. She did in Silent House... Yep. Didn't really speak a lot, but you can just tell what's going on. And in this movie, you know, she's not afraid to get naked and deal with really... I don't know how old she is. I mean, she's probably 20, right? I'd say. Deal with really intricate... Uncomfortable. Yeah, topics. <laughs> Horrible things. And, and situations. I think she's completely fearless. With an that. actor who's clearly more than twice her age. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I find a really you know she's great to watch she's like a normal girl to me like she's not like some weird skinny kind of <laughs> weird skinny uh, Barbie like, doll Lucy type Beale. girl she's just like a girl mm-hmm. you know I, I buy her as just a, you know an everyday girl right. I like that because most you know a lot of Hollywood actresses are all glammed up and they try and lose you know lose a load of weight to look she's just perfect like in my opinion she could use her in lots of different cultish uh, movie business. <laughs> what? What? You know what I'm saying? No, I mean, she could have lots of different roles. Yeah. Um, and she really fits. Uh, I've been watching interviews with her for the last hour or so just to get some more insight into her and she uh, doesn't like being compared to her sisters. No, she doesn't like mention not. of her sisters. She, every single interviewer obviously sits her down and says, oh, so what do you think of your sisters? And but, you know, I'm not famous and I don't like people comparing me to my sisters. No, and she just kind of says, I'm not the same thing as my sisters. My sisters were years ago. I'm not a Disney Channel type person. I'm a different person. I'm a different person to them. And that's the first. And she always does it very eloquently and nice to the. And I understand that interviewers kind of have to ask that question, don't they? No, they don't. They're just. They they belong to to their own fucking cult. (laughs) The cult of no. But yeah, she's fantastic. I can't wait. And she's got four movies coming out next year. I would like to see all of them. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? So. Don't yeah. set yourself up, though, because then you might hit the one that makes you go, oh. Okay. I'm sure. I'm sure there will be the one, a movie where she, you know, can make a lot of money or something, and it's very vanilla or whatever. But so far, it's been pretty good. This is the best one for me, better than Silent House. But there again, Silent House is a total... What if she different. turned out to be a Bond girl? 
how that that would work. Why? Those are just crappy movies. No, I'm not too. saying. I'm not saying that is a. Um, no, they're not crappy. <laughs> no, I mean those. There's nothing substantial about them, but that would be acceptable to you. But not a romantic comedy with Seth Rogen. A romantic comedy with Seth Rogen, I'd rather watch. But I was more thinking of something like, like her, like a romantic thing with Zach Efron or something. But he's the exact same as Seth Rogen. He is not a comedian. It's just comedy. Like rom- it's not comedy. It's romance. Just romance is what I'm getting at. Like uh, the the Notebook or the, something like that. I wouldn't want to see her in something like that. Not with Seth Rogen. No, he's Zach the- Efron. I was just talking about. Yeah, no. Either one of them. I think they're the same. Well, he's not a comedian, is what I'm saying. I'm talking about Who, those... Seth Rogen? Zac Efron. I'm talking about those romantic movies. I don't want to see her in that stuff. And I could imagine somebody saying, oh, you do well in that stuff, go in that stuff. Like the stuff that, um, what's she called, Kate Hudson is in. That sort of stuff. Right. I don't... I wouldn't like to see her in that stuff. Because that stuff's ten a penny, and it's... she. She's more of an actress than that. That's what I'm getting at. She, she can obviously tackle more interesting things whereas some people might think that stuff that Kate Hudson do is the most interesting yep. stuff ever but not to me <laughs> so um, I wrote down some of the other people John Hawks plays Patrick he's the leader of the cult um, he's good man you'll know him from Deadwood the Jew in Deadwood <laughs> they called him the Jew I'm yep. not being racist <laughs> um, yeah he's good isn't he I mean yes he's, he's he creepy without <laughs> having to try uh, as just his look to me, kind of. Well, not to me. To me, he just looks like a dude that you'd meet anywhere. I'd be he could be a businessman. He could be a guy who works in a gas station. He could be the guy who runs a grocery store. He could be your lawyer. He just looks like a generic dude. And yet, when he starts to talk and his body language, he you can see and try to translate that into real... I, you know, movies are what they are. They're based on things that people think from life. Even if it's some bizarre space comedy, it's going to be something in there people find in life, right? I, you, you've probably met people and and men. Maybe not because you are a dude, but there are men who, in my life, have done the exact same kind of weird shit to get you drawn into them, like look straight into your eyes and tell you that, you know beauty is they come up with all kinds of like lyrical things to say to erase all the negative things people have told you about yourself and that they understand you and that you're safe with them and you know nothing can hurt you and all this kind of stuff and you just get all of a sudden there's a tunnel between you and them and there's nothing else and all you want is that more and more and he does that so well yeah I think this movie actually it, regardless of the actors or not, that thing where it, it's like a disconnect, almost. Like one person wants something, the other person wants something. Yep. It's not really right what they both want, but it happens. Like This movie portrays that perfectly. Absolutely. Because even I got that. Like when he was singing the song and she was just oh, staring at I could have got sucked in by that song. Yeah, I know, Holy but it's so, it's so creepy as fuck. Like I'm thinking, I'm it thinking is, but like, I totally this guy got it. in one day or a couple of days wrote this like, you know, song to manipulate somebody. Absolutely. And that was where I was just creeped out listening to it. I was then like, again, it could be a song that he sings. It every could be the five song. Years. He just changes the name. Yeah, yeah and every time still. he gets a new crop of people, he knows he can reuse it again. But but, it, but still, the song would him. be called the manipulation song because that's what oh, he's yeah. doing with it. And and that's where I was like, and on the flip side, right? Because he is a person. 
He's like a person with real... He could actually have that feeling for her. He could actually have fallen in love with someone. Like, for real. I never bought Because, But I'm saying he, he could, could have. Though, yeah. And it could totally be that. And yet he has put himself in this cult situation. But that his genuine thing is like, oh my god. Like, this girl, this one's it. I've fucked and manipulated all these other women over the years and young girls. And yet she's real. Oh my god, I want this one. So... It's so he plays it in a way that made me convinced that oh he could. I was creeped you know. by him by I kind of knew you know obviously we knew where it was going from the beginning because we saw what happened but um, I was always creeped out by him I was never charmed by him I just was thinking of how he's manipulating people all the time but if we'd have come the way this movie's set up you already know so. That's the way you feel. If it was played a different way, this movie, you might get that. You might be charmed by him yourself. Sure, but you're not in this case. And and there's a scene where he sat on the stairs and there's a, a sexual Ugh. thing going on, and um, it's just horrible, horrendous. Like, uh, uh, not what's going on, just what is he is enabling. Like the yeah. whole situation is. Ugh. Yes. And it made me feel filthy and dirty and like just <laughs> oh god the world is fucked like this is yes so it's not a hundred percent fiction no I mean this movie no is, it's but research this behavior can, yeah. is not fiction even this is based on stuff you can tell can't you so um you've also got Sarah Paulson who plays a sister Lucy I think she did really good I don't really know her that much I've seen her in something but I don't know what and yeah she was good and her husband Hugh is played by Hugh Dancy he plays Ted is uh, a British guy. And I checked to see if he was a British guy. I was thinking he was an American guy being a British guy, but no, he's actually a British guy. Um, His interview is British. Yeah. Was... <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, um, I, I just checked just to see, like, I thought he might have been in character, I don't know. It just seemed a bit odd sometimes that he's... Hmm. But there again, it's like that upper-class English accent that sometimes you, you it does sound a bit weird. Um, but they were both good. And he, yeah. he particularly, had this really... Awkward, horrible yep. scene with her at the at the dinner table. I thought that was really good from both of them. It wasn't wasn't horrible. I mean, uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like yeah. really revealing on both sides. Yeah, like and the way he had, the tension know. that was building because here comes a sister who's screwed up, hanging around, causing yeah. tension, making his two week vacation very uncomfortable, and then it all comes out, you know. And then there's a lot of people in the cult, but I put down one who I recognized uh, just from just recently, and it's Maria Dizia, and she plays Katie. And she was in, uh, if you watch Louis C.K.'s um, sitcom that he does, Louis, she's like this weird girlfriend who wanted him <laughs> to do this weird sex stuff to her. Well, she's in here as kind of like the mother of the cult, kind of. Kind of. Like the, the mother of the women. Yeah. Um, this abusive kind of... Yeah. Everybody's abusive in this movie, really. She's not abusive, but she's, she, yeah, yeah, yeah she true. is abusive if she needs to be. Yeah, true, true. Um, and she administers this this drink yep. and this a minute. Oh god, it's horrible! Is it really horrible? You should, you've got to see this. <laughs> it is because there are plenty of things where I was like, oh, that you know, they show this. What do you call that? Um, like some kind of indoctrination. Yeah, indoctrination. Yeah, that. But it's like a a ritual type deal where, yeah. they, where you have this night with this dude and they drug you up and it's really weird and the way it's played and then you, yeah. you show it from another angle where our 
heroine. No. Our <laughs> leading heroine lady. has to be that person who administers it to somebody. Okay, it's it's like this trickle of things where oh yeah, you're used to it now, so you can be in charge. You're used to it, you can be in charge. It's, I can see it happening. It's so easy. Oh, People are weak, and it's just. You know, so yeah, what's what's going to happen in every every group of people that exist? There are offices where you have to have people who indoctrinate you to the culture and climate of the group of people you're about to work with. Yep. What's acceptable? What's not acceptable? How you should behave? How you should dress? How you should keep your desk? How you should use? You know, how you should behave? What time you do your lunch? When? How? What you should and shouldn't say to that group of people? What you should and shouldn't say to this group of people? I mean, it's just everywhere. So, this is directed by Sean Durkin, and this is his first feature film. Um, he also did a short film, which is included on this Blu-ray I mentioned earlier, um, which is a similar... It's almost like a small version of this film. Really well done, I thought. It's like, how much did he say it cost? $500? Mm-hmm. Well, no, he just said he had $500 to yeah, spend. Yeah, I'm sure, it, like you said, I'm sure... Because it, it was filmed in high def and everything. I'm sure he had all the equipment, so it probably yeah. did cost more than that. But I really liked that, too. <laughs> it was... I like that as its own film, you know. There yeah. are some there are occasions on Blu-rays where they give you a short film made by the director where it's really really good. Then there are some that are just like, "Oh, okay." But this one stands out to me, and the other one that stands out is on that Australian movie we watched. Well, I mean, I remember The Square, but what was The, the Square? Short one? And the short film was the one with the 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 driving in the car. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a really yeah. fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah. It sticks in my mind. It was so good. It's like a relationship thing with a yeah. boyfriend and a girlfriend, and then some weird thing happens <laughs> with the car. But um, yeah, that one sticks in my mind, and this one will now stick in my mind too because I like this one a lot because it was like perfect to see it after the movie because it was like yeah, I, you could see thirty different short movies that are the same kind of thing in this situation. Oh god, yeah. You know, and I bet they're all very similar because it's human nature's only one thing, really, isn't it? And yes. people are really easily. So, um, yeah, Sean Durkin, good, good job, I think, directing. Um, you know, it's on the low budget end of things, I guess, right? What is the movie itself? Like, I mean, it's like I know it's Fox Searchlight, and they say that's indie movies, and I know this is not an indie movie. It's millions of dollars of a movie, right? But it's. I like that thing. I like that where they make a smaller movie. I think you can tell your story better if you're not oh, if you're not thinking about special effects and stuff. Not that this movie would really need that. Um, no. <laughs> so Blu-ray extras. Here. I can't even think of a time when they need blue screen for any reason. No, but I, but I bet there is loads of them in here. Just anyway, it seems to be the thing in movies. Don't think so. You know, oh, oh the, the lighting so. wasn't right. Let's change the sky. Sometimes they do that in movies, and you don't know it happened. Or, it wasn't raining this day, but the scene before was, so we'll add some rain. So, um, this uh, Blu-ray contains uh, the short film called Mary Last Scene. Um, really good. The Psyche of a Cult. Now, there's a bunch of featurettes. It wasn't enough, that one. I wanted more. I don't think any of them were. It's a bunch of featurettes, and they're the fe- this is Fox Searchlight. So, they're the featurettes you would see on Fox Movie Channel, uh, playing up towards the release of this. Um, so they're very publicity um, orientated. You know, you get a couple of interviews, but the, it's generally trying to advertise the movie. They're sandwiched in between the trailer, aren't they? It's like the trailer with some interviews in the middle of it. Yes. All of them. 
So they're my least favourite because they feel really empty to me. But I do like to see Elizabeth Olsen talk and you do a little bit here. I bet there are documentaries about cults. Those have to look on Netflix. Yeah. So you get a bunch of them. The making of Martha Macy... Martha Marcy, May Marlene, Conversation with the Filmmakers, The Spotlight on Elizabeth Olsen, The Story, The Psyche of a Cult, and then there's a music video called Marcy's Song uh, by John Hawkes, which is that creepy song we were talking about earlier. It's not creepy as a song. It's creepy in the context of the movie. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to watch the music video without being it's creeped like out now. If, so, <laughs> if Sting had sang, you know, Every Breath You Take... Every Breath You someone. Take is the ultimate stalker song. It's very creepy. Yeah, it's I mean, it's very shit. creepy. I was so listening if he had been singing that, yeah, it's like, every breath... It's like, he's watching you. That's it. Like, it, you may not love him, but he's song. gonna... Exactly. I always thought it was weird. I was like, what What was he thinking when you were there? Was he writing that from the point of view of somebody who stalked him? Like, Or does as, he truly love someone? And that's yeah, just like, but it's yeah. still creepy. Like, that's still it's creepy. Uh, but yeah, you won't be able to watch this music video after you've seen this movie. And listen to that song in an uplifting You won't want it on your MP3 player. No. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, I think, personally, the uh, transfer of this movie is not very good. I think it's uh, very um, washed out. And I think the blacks I are not I think that's just how it looks. Yeah, I think so. No, I, don't, I think that's how the movie looks. I don't know if it's the transfer or how the movie looks, but I was less than happy with how it looked. I think it was the movie. To be honest. I'm going to look, uh, see some other people's opinions on it. Before I don't I think it's it. meant to be all shiny and clear. And I think it's the way it's... Exactly. I just think there were some dark scenes where it lost all its definition. Everything just melded into the shadows. I Everything. think it was supposed to. Yeah. I really do. Um, so, yeah. I, I wasn't that happy with it. The sound uh, was pretty good. Um, it's only talking and a little bit of music, yeah. so... But, um, and I like the cover. I think it's a really mm-hmm. good cover. And it's actually... a I don't know if that's a shot from the film or not. Yes. Not the background, no. But the front is. Right. But yeah, good um, good cover. So, um, in conclusion, Martha, Marcy... I still have to look every time. Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene. Not for everybody. No. Definitely uncomfortable to watch. If you've been in a cult, don't, don't watch, watch it. Don't watch it with teenagers. <laughs> it's got uh, some moments that are inappropriate. Might be telling you teen... You know, you might... It might be a good True, lesson for some people. But there are people. some very uncomfortable moments. Yeah, it's R-rated for a reason, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, yeah, I can't say enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I struggle sometimes with enjoyed it, but I enjoy film in general. Uncomfortable, happy, sad, whatever it is, it's I enjoy. It's provoking But this one's awkward to watch. Awkward and um It's a satisfying tense. movie to watch. You know yeah. what I mean? It's got the good... You'll talk like about you it. said, it doesn't go. If it had turned into some horrible, there's zombies in the barn yeah. kind of thing, then you'd be like, ah, you know. But it does. It just is. Is all those things, the intangibles that make a movie a, a piece of art instead of just a you know a flick to sit down and yeah, it's much more knockout. It's like a, something to chew on rather than just yeah. a, a, a wafer biscuit. <laughs> That's a good. Uh, or that thing you had with the candy UFO or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so um, thanks to Fox for the uh, Blu-ray. I want to tell you about... We've got some contests going. Got three contests on com this week. You can win a signed Cosmopolis. 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 Poster signed by David Cronenberg. You can win a copy of High School on DVD. And you can also win a copy of White Vengeance. Which Did you is just say a, High School Moms? Just High School. <laughs> um, and you can also win a copy of White Vengeance. That's my latest uh, contest 
uh, and that is a Chinese martial arts historical film. It's actually by WellGo USA. It looks pretty epic. So you can mm. win a copy of that on Blu-ray. Um, next week's Blu-ray review. Next week, uh, Sid Talk will, won't be here. But you will be here in, by the magic of podcasting. In spirit. In voice. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to do this week's podcast a little early. You won't notice this. Why uh, do you tell them then? It's just because just... it's fun to say. Um, <laughs> so, um, You're kind of crazy, because who cares what so day we do it on? You're we will be reviewing Snow White and the Huntsman, uh, on, actually on Wednesday, but you'll all get it uh, a weekend. Because Actually, why I wanted to mention it was, because you're going somewhere and you're going to talk about that, not on the next one, because you won't be able to, because you won't be here. But the one after. And right. you're going to the... You, you talk about Isha, mm-hmm. the right. Renaissance Festival. Correct. So that's where you'll be next weekend. And uh, unfortunately... Well, I'll talk about that in my personal things in a minute. So if you want to come and uh, get me into a cult, I'll be here on my own. You could come. Yes, because I am his protection to, <laughs> from the world, if you... Uh... All right. So, uh, movie game. Movie memory, one, two, three. The weekly game that we play here. Which is? Um, the, one of us... Gives a question, which will be, name three movies in this in this ilk or about this or whatever. Okay. And uh, the other person will guess it. So okay. So, what is it? Mine is in line with this week. I want three movies that have a cult or a group of sort of disenfranchised or freakish group of outsiders who sort of live by their own thing. And right. that you're... You, you know, you come across them no. as a character in the movie. Helter Skelter. Okay. I don't really consider that a cult movie as much, but that's fine. The Devil's Rejects. Yes, I thought of House of a Thousand Corpses, but yes, definitely. Because that's a group of people who live by their own rules, yeah. their own weird... Could we have Natural Bond Killers? Because they live by their own rules. No, because they're not really a group. They're a group of two. Alright. A group of weird people. Children of the Corn? Oh, wow. Well, that's a good one. I didn't even think yeah. of that. Yeah, that's a good one. I was also thinking of Deliverance. Because, like, yeah. the people there have their own... Hills have eyes. Oh, the hills have eyes. Yeah, there's lots of them. But they're not cult, necessarily. No, well, they're and a yet... creepy bunch of individuals exactly. who are off the grid kind of thing. Exactly. <laughs> the wrong thing. Right, so Very I win. I win. win. So, uh, movie you recommendations... Movie recommendations for this week. I'm going with, and this film isn't even out yet, but I have to recommend it to everybody because it's about cults and it's Paul Thomas Anderson's The Master and it will be in theatres. See, I told you cults, now they're going to be the hot topic. Yeah, well, he's been making this film for three years, but anyway. The Master, it comes out in September. Uh, It'll be in theatres, really select few theatres. We're going to have to seek out a theatre to go and watch it. Um, I don't know if it's good. But I'm a Paul Thomas Anderson's biggest fan, so it's good in my, in my eyes. You reckon? You're the I th- biggest? I, I think I might be, yeah. Um, so, yeah, The Master, starring Philip Seymour Hoffman and Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin? Uh, yeah. Joaquin. Joaquin Phoenix. Not Joaquin. <laughs> he's, a, he's a bit of an asshole, that guy, right? They were doing interviews for The Master yesterday, and I was looking at the interviews at Cannes, you know? And um, they're all speaking... And when it comes to him, he won't say anything because he's so up his own ass. He's like some... He won't speak. He just sits there and looks at the camera and smirks. Right. When they sit him in the seat. To, and, right. Yeah. And then he did... You know, he just did that... I watched that weird film that he did, that last film where he was being that... Yeah. 
don't know what it is about him. I like watching him on the screen, but I don't know what this thing is like. That's not just the equivalent of someone like um, Man in the Moon guy, where yeah, his whole life it is, that, yeah. is a performance. And if it isn't, then it's just a joke on everyone to see how everybody reacts. I mean, I don't think it makes you an asshole. But, I mean, if you take your whole public persona and turn it into a performance that you want to seem to be the outsider and fuck everybody, and if you're going to ask me questions, I'm not going to reply, and you carry that around with you, then you get a lot of attention. You get a lot of, like, ooh, he's that guy. So I think he's very talented, and I know Daniel Day-Lewis, another person that Paul Thomas Anderson's worked with has been like that also in his time. He's very awkward and um, standoffish with press and uh, just in general. Um, But this guy, I think he's fantastic. I like watching him. Like I say, he's really good. And I'm sure he's really good in this movie. He's the lead part in this movie. But, um, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson's there to talk about his movie and tell the people about his movie, and his leading actor is just basically saying, F you. I don't know if Paul Thomas Anderson likes that, or even if he thinks that's dickheadish, you know? Because... But he's worked with them, so he probably knows he exactly has an what to expect. I'd like to see some of the on-the-set stuff from that, but you won't, because he doesn't really divulge, does he, Paul Thomas Anderson? No, we don't ever he didn't see talk it. about anything. So, um, yeah, that's my first recommendation, a movie that nobody's seen yet. And my second one is Black Swan. Because when we're talking about cults, and, you know, Black Swan's not about cults, but it's about a particular area of life, the ballet um, lifestyle. And every lifestyle's got its own rules and regulations, and you have to fit in, otherwise you're not one of them. Correct. And that's what that movie's about. You will be assimilated, or you will be an outsider. So Black Swan really fits to me. Absolutely. It's not a cult film, but it kind of is. I mean, anything where it's, like, super intense and somebody has to be that. Or they are already that. I mean, they, they that's live my, that. My recommendations are similar. Now, Trust is my first one, and that's the one with... Clive Owen. Clive Owen. You knew that I wouldn't remember his name. Where it's not about a cult, but it's about how a young woman... Like the sister in the movie we just watched, in the uh, Martha, Marcy May Marlene... The sister's out of touch with this young woman and who she is and how she is and her behavior because they were separated when they were young. One went to college, one stayed behind, all that kind of stuff. And yet there's a there was a sort of like you have an expectation. You have a young sister and she's probably this way and she gets her little job and she does this and drinks her coffee and has her friends. You kind of assume someone's life for them. You never know what's going on inside. Well, in trust... The young teenage girl appears to be athletic, and she's got friends, and da, da, da. but no one understands that this man on the internet has somehow been able to manipulate her with all of these things to say to her and make her think this, and da da da, to pull her into his little world. And it's like I said, there's a cult of one right there. Do you know? If what you I mean? want a really creepy film, that is creepy. That's very because it's creepy. so realistic, and it's just an example of. When someone is broken on the inside, you may never know it. But if all of a sudden somebody you know becomes part of some bigger institution of any kind, a religion, a politics, even a type of music or a lifestyle or becomes obsessed with the country club they just joined in a hardcore way, in a way that excludes you from their life now, because that is their life, then something was was broken or missing and that's why I think and then Sleeping with the Enemy not a great movie 
But there's a there's the marriage one where this guy has Julie Roberts is in it, and I forget who the man is, but um, where he has he's obviously been charming and he's rich, and she met him at some point and they fell in love, married. But he is so abusive and controlling that she needs to break out of this little cult of two, and so. I just think it can be on all kinds of scale. And we just all, we blind, we're blind to it. Like, you don't even realize. I was just thinking about Big Brother gets yeah. their little, gets, becomes like a little weird I was just, I thing. have a friend in Britain who's in the Freemasons. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about cults. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, when he joined the Freemasons, and uh, we all, you're not supposed to tell anybody, are you? But obviously, he kind of told people, right? And we were all excluded from it. Of course. And excluded from kind of the portions of his life. And it was kind of Yeah, you know why? Because if a person who's just been drawn into your group remains connected to other people, then those other people are going to keep saying things like, what the fuck are you talking about? about? Why do you have to go every Thursday night from 7 to midnight? Your your wife just had a baby, dude. You can't do that. That's, That's selfish. You can't have that. You need that person to be excluded from those people because they're going to keep, it's like Inception, they're going to keep planting seeds in your mind of doubt and then all of a sudden you're not going to get that little recruit that you just got because they're going to wake up and, you know. Yeah, but they, yeah, there's a weird um, organization for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know anything about it, so I don't know. It's slightly odd to me anyway. You well, you don't, know, you don't know much about it, right? Well, I just find it odd how, like, they, you know... Like, they re- only recruit people who are certain pillars of the society, so they can all kind of use each other in yeah. a way. It, that, they say that that's honourable, and, you know, we should have a police chief, and we should have a this, and it sounds corrupted to me. It sounds weird as fuck. Like, oh, I, because I'm in the Freemasons, and I have, there's a guy who builds houses, I can get my house built at half price. Well, that's the perk for being in some kind of underground society. Seems weird to me. It's a very rich man kind of organization, isn't That's it? what it is. Rich it? white man organization. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Rich white man, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, this this week's show sponsored by the Freemasons. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to be killed. <laughs> we're going to show up dead somewhere. <laughs> so, games and A-Scully stuff this week. I've been playing the new Rock Band game. Rock Do you think there's something on the internet that will check the algorithms of every single audio and video clip and will find the words Freemason and then, like, hunt you down? <laughs> like the skulls. <laughs> <For> mentioning- <laughs> Remember the skulls? <laughs> yes. Um, or, what was it? Um, number four. Where he was able to somehow get on the internet and erase yeah. every possible reference to that kid I whatsoever. I am number four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I liked that movie. So, uh, Rock Band Blitz is the first uh, game I've been playing this week. Well, um, that was a big leap there that you just made. Well, I, I already said it. <laughs> you was talking. I wasn't listening. Um, so, it's the new Rock Band game by Harmonix. They've not made a Rock Band game uh, since, well, Rock Band Three. Um, music games went out of fashion all of a sudden, right? They were the biggest thing ever, and then all of a sudden. Nobody wanted to make them anymore. I guess they stopped. It was a bit of an overkill there. Even as an observer, it was way too there was much, a lot too fast. But now there's none, so they just killed it. Like it's it's terrible that that happened because I would have rather had a rock band every three or four years or whatever than nothing. Like just oh, let's just kill it all. Like this guitar hero, no nothing. Don't do that anymore. That's what happened with the music games. There are none now, but there is this rock band blitz. Which what they did was. The game they made before Rock Band, Harmonix, was on the PlayStation 2, and it was called Frequency, and there was another one called Amplitude. 
and it was a music game before plastic instruments even existed. <laughs> uh, so you used a controller to play it. So this is going back to those roots and bringing Rock Band into the uh, play with the controller version. So what's cool about it is you play the entire band. It's a one-person game, but you put this five lanes of music and you play all of it. Now you might think, well, how can you play all of it at once? Well, you pick and choose. If you don't have to be playing all right, twice. exactly. So, so it, there's a multiplier system, and it's got all these score systems in place. So, you start playing the drums, and then when you get to a certain, you've played enough drums, the drums automatically play themselves for a while. Oh, okay. And then you switch to the bass and add some bass, and then you keep dropping back to the ones that drop out. So the songs like split up into like segments, and when you go past a certain segment everything goes back to zero again, and then you try and build it all up again. And you try and get the highest score at the end. Um, What's really cool about it, and it does play really well on the controller, um, is every song you ever bought for Rock Band, if you were into Rock Band at the time, like a lot of people were, so you probably bought songs, and you probably own the discs for the Rock Band games, you can import all them into Rock Band Blitz, so you can take all your songs from your discs from Rock Band 1, 2, and 3, and any DLC that you ever bought, and it all appears in Rock Band Blitz automatically. And if then, you played it all on all the instruments, then what's the... Well, this is a totally different game. The way the scoring system works, and it's got leaderboards and online achievements and all that kind of stuff, it's like playing a fresh game of Rock Band, because it's not the same thing at all. It's, it's not... And you'd experience the songs all over. And what right. about the singing part? Well, the singing's done the same as playing an instrument. You just hit the notes and the singing happens. And oh, if right. you don't hit the notes, the singing goes yeah. lower. Like so, I noticed when I was listening to a few of your songs, there were, there were parts of the missing. Yeah, and it's a good, really good game. It's, um, it's available on the uh, PS3 and the Xbox 360. And if you were a fan of Rock Band, this is the nearest you're going to get to a new Rock Band game. And it's really cool that all your, every song you've already bought fits into it automatically. Um, I think that was a wise move on their part because it comes with 25 new songs. And what's new? Really- like, where are they going now? Where, where are they getting songs from now? Like, there's like Kelly Clarkson, there's um, Moves Like Jagger. Okay. You know, newer songs. What songs that. But what's really cool about that is if you buy Rock Band Blitz, the 25 new songs actually work in Rock Band 3 as well. Oh, so right. if you still like playing with the guitar, you got 25 new songs all of a sudden for, for a rock band. That's good. So it works both ways. Um, I think it's really cool. Cool idea. Um, but you're spending the price of a whole game. Just well, it's 15 get... bucks. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. It's a downloadable content. It's a right. downloadable game. Which is actually amazing. Uh, it's a good price for a, a, a rock band game with 25 songs. Even if you want 25 new songs just for Rock Band 3. So you buy this anyway to import them into Rock Band 3. That's a bargain, because you will not get the songs that cheap. How much are they? Songs uh, for Rock Band are nearly $3 each. Holy shit. Because they contain every instrument, right? So, like, you, okay, they broke them down. You know, if I'm just into the drums, then I get the drumming track, and then, but you can do all of it. So you can play it, drums, what, there's a keyboard. Yeah, now. but when you buy the game, all the songs are made for all the, all the instruments anyway. Right, right, but like when you buy the DLCs, they have to license, apparently, the licensing thing. The way the record companies work, they have to license the tracks because they're all separate. Like, we have to license the drum beat from... don't think that's music. how the industry works. That's but. how they say <laughs> it works with musical games like this, where Music they have games, to split yeah. them up. Like, So, yeah, it costs $3 for a song. So, you know, even if you, there's like three or four songs you like in here... 
And there are 25 songs, and they do... It's not just pop music like Kelly Clarkson, even though she is in there. The Foo Fighters She's are in there. She's still making new music? Yeah. Hmm. There was the latest song was on there. The Foo Fighters are in there. You know, there's some heavy metal. There's even some classic stuff. So your 25 songs you get is a pretty good deal. Um, and I like the fact you can export it. So Rock Band Blitz, 15 bucks. You can get it on the downloadable consoles. The other game, uh, this weekend, it's Labor Day weekend. Correct. And if you've got an Android device, and I have an Android tablet, and you go in the Google Play Store, they've got um, Labor Day weekend 99-cent game deals. And one of the games in there is uh, Max Payne, which is Rockstar Games' Max Payne, which is the full version of Max Payne. I know it's about 10 years old, probably. But it's the full PC version of Max Payne on Android. It's still on sale? And it's still on sale until Monday night, Okay, I was going to say, by the time uh, people listen to this, it might not be. So Yeah, well, if you listen to this on Monday... It's uh, on sale Monday, until the... September 3rd. Right. So, yeah, Max Payne Mobile, it's called. And it, don't, make, don't think that that Max Payne Mobile means that it's a cut-down version. It's not. It's the full game. Um, it's 99 cents, which is an <laughs> insane deal. Because uh, I paid... All f- games should be 99 cents. I paid $50 cents. for that game on PC when it <laughs> yes, came out. Yes, you did. So, uh, you know, a 99 cents. And I love tablet games. I use my tablet a lot for games. But I play games on my tablet a lot differently than I do on consoles and stuff. I like the quick fix type of games like Angry Birds or... I just want to play a couple of levels and then check my email. I like those type of games. There's, so, another game I've been playing on my tablet is a game called Jetpack Joyride. And it was a huge uh, hit on the uh, iPad last year. But now it's on Android. And it's a really simple game. You've got a little guy, he's got a jetpack on... You fly as far as you can, like from one side, you know, it's a right to left scroller, left to right scroller, and you get as far as you can. Now, along the way, there are obstacles. You have to go over things, under things, dodge missiles, etc. It gets harder and harder and faster and faster the further you go. Um, And the only control is you just tap the screen to go up and let go of the screen to go down. So it's just tap, 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 let go, let go, let go. And you just have to get as far as you can. And it's super addictive. Um, it costs nothing. It's free on Android. There are no ads. I don't know how they did that, but it's completely free. It's got online leaderboards. Uh, it's exclusive to the Amazon App Store, so you can't go on the Google Store and get it. You have to go on Amazon.com, but it's free, so nothing to lose, really. Um, what else did I play this week? Walking Dead Episode 3. won't say much about the story because I don't want to spoil it. But it's the third installment of this Telltale Walking Dead series. I love it. I'm in love with it. I think it's fantastic. It's. Uh, Will you play it again? I have played it twice this week. I want to see... I know they're going to do another season of it. I'm on episode three. It's a five-episode season. But they're going to do a season two as well. I'm, I would just totally... You don't even have to say I'd just buy it. You know, it's it's been really good. I think it's better than the TV show. Nice. The story is more interesting... You should play it through. Let me see this one. I saw a little bit of it, but... They can... The TV show... A TV show has to work a certain way. A video game doesn't. So the story can be more gritty than the TV show. People are more disposable in a game than they are in a TV show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because when they hire famous actors... Yeah, totally. Yeah, so you never know who's going and why and when. And sometimes your, your mouth hangs open and goes... Really? They got rid of... What? <laughs> I know they do that kind of thing on the show, but it's not the same. It's more elongated, you know? 
So, uh, yeah, that's Walking Dead Episode 3. We've been playing Lego Batman 2. Talked about that the other week. Still a really fun game. I love the split-screen co-op where you can both sit on the couch, play. I play it with my nephew. You can both have a controller and you can just muck around the city, do what you want. It's really a cool way of playing that. It is, yeah. Uh, And then finally, I did play a little bit of Darksiders 2, but only about an hour's worth, so not enough to really give you any uh, insight apart from it seems really fun so far. You play Death. One of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. In the first Darksiders, you played War. This time you played Death. War got into a lot of trouble in the first game. He Basically, the world ended because of him. Our world. In this one, his brother, Death, has to re-undo that. So War is not in trouble for it. Interesting. That Death wants to bring it back to life. Right, so Death... Death, you start in another world, in another realm, and our world is effed, and he's trying to reverse that so war doesn't get executed for it. Interesting. Interesting story, and I, I, I like the fact that they, you know, in the first game when they said, oh, this is the Fallout Horsemen of the Apocalypse, and you're going to be playing war, I was like, I hope they do do four games where they tackle all four of them. What are the other two horsemen? There are Pestilence, which is an interesting one, and what's the other one? War, Death, Pestilence... I go write in and tell me because I'm totally drawing a blank. I should know because they even well, said the it. The world's right behind you. You can look it up. Pestilence would be a good one to play. Pestilence. <laughs> He'd have some good moves, wouldn't he? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Locusts and stuff. So, um, yes, that's uh, all the games I've been playing this week. Lots of games. And uh, Sidtar, what's for dinner? Tonight will be. I got some like um, veggie based. Tenders, which they they're chicken C H I K apostrophe in smart tenders, yeah, life. smart life. So we'll see what those are. Like. Just kind of brown them in the skillet with uh, some vegetables and textured possibly, protein or something. Uh, textured vegetable protein, I think, is yeah what they're made of. And um, sounds really some leftover Mexican stuff that I made for the other day, which was quite good, I must say. Do you agree? Yes, because I said we could go get a little bit of hot. You said it was nose runny-ish, and I yeah. just bought like Mexican powder mix. It was some chili so. that you chopped up and put in it, I think. No, it wasn't a chili. It was a sweet pepper. It was that. Or the spices. The spice Maybe. could have had chili powder. It's going to be even spicier today, isn't it? Possibly, but there's rice in there, so we'll have that with it. And then we've got some Hunu cookies, which are really good, and that is it for dinner. Nothing too complicated. Not in the mood to do much cooking today. And as for advice, it goes along with this movie and the concept of... And I'll put it this way because this is what it is. Like, who sold you on your beliefs? Or who sold you your beliefs, your lifestyle, the way you see the world? Like, what does it cost you to be those things that someone else kind of, I call it, shoved down your throat. But the expectations, the the indoctrination by someone else, either a, you know... A parent who expects you to be a professional and be this and be a lawyer and get the boat on the lake and have the the wife and the three children and the big fancy house. And, you know, what's the cost of that if you've bought into it? What does it cost you? And I don't mean just money. And if someone else sold you on, you should live simply and beneath your means and you should never be greedy and you should live completely selflessly. And what's the cost of that? You know, and do you believe that or do you just do it because someone 
sold it to you, either for your comfort, for your peace of mind, you feel accepted, you feel like you belong to something. Actually, you know? most people do just go along with stuff, don't they? Like, that's the way we've been told, or that's what our parents said. And every, everybody does it. I mean, yeah. I, there's, well, yeah. I'm not a joiner, so I don't have the mentality of joining any group. But I have a job that maintains a certain income. I have a house that is a certain type of standard. It's just a middle class house, but it's a, it's that standard for me. However, I don't I don't expect that in my life. I don't expect that this couldn't crumble at any minute and then I would just die from it. You know, if things go horribly wrong and I end up not having my middle class house and not having my middle class salary and not having my 2011 Fiesta and not having a nice, you know, loving husband, I won't disappear because of it because I'm always me. These things don't define me. And I think that's what happens when someone buys into certain ideas about lifestyle, is that all of a sudden, that's who I am. Now, I can honestly say that when I was deciding to go from night shift after 12 years to day shift, I actually had this feeling, and I really thought about it, that saying to people, I work night shift, so I've got a whole different view of things. Or, oh, I work night shift, so I did this. Oh, oh you're I'm, in the club, aren't you? Like, yes. Yeah. It was part, I was deciding, like, is this... Am I? Do I define myself by this little outsider group and that I belong to this group of people who see the world a different way because of this? And what does that, how does that really impact me? And do I need to cling to that? No, I don't. You know, I can let go of things. And I think it's so easy to, you know... If your parent, if you're a little child and your parents are teaching you all these things and have these expectations of you, and yet there's something in you that you have constantly rebelled against it, and you're always frustrated, and you get to be a teenager and you get to be an adult, and nothing is right, and you feel frustrated, and you might turn to drugs, you might turn to just overworking, you might just be unhappy, and yet on the outside everything looks like you're doing what you're supposed to. That's where the problem is. You might be the type of person who completely eats it up. Well, yes. I absolutely want the middle class house and I will cease to exist if I don't have it. I am nothing without my new car. I am nothing without my flat TV. You know, of course, these are, this is what makes me. And that's fine, too, if you're confident that that's really who you are. But if you're only doing it to go through the motions because someone sold it to you in this package deal of these are the world's expectations of you or mine, therefore you will be it. You know, you can find a balance. Like, I find a balance. I don't dress according to what I'm expected to dress like. I don't think. And it's not on purpose. It's because when I put my clothes on, I put on whatever I want. In that moment, most of the time, unless I'm going to work, even then, I don't follow the dress code, but I don't go in my pajamas. But that's not true, because I did wear my pajama top once. Yeah. <laughs> on a Sunday when I knew no one would see me. And I just wanted to be so well, comfortable yeah, that day. it looks time. like a t-shirt. It looks like a t-shirt, but it's actually it's a, a pajama top. So, you know, you find a balance between what you want and need from this life. People who depend on you, of course, you have a certain level of responsibility, if you've chosen to, that you have to maintain certain things. I get it. However, if you completely lose yourself in it, who's it for? Like... That's all I think is like who sold it to you and what are you what price are you paying for it? Like 
Do you lay at bed at night and just you're so frustrated because all you really want to do is like go to the little artsy fartsy cafe on a Saturday and hang out and meet the artists and learn to play guitar. And yet the expectation is for you to go sit on somebody's yacht and laugh at the stupid freaks who go to the cafe. But you actually want to, but you don't because that's not what's expected of you. Actually, this will all be summed up by your tagline at the end of the <laughs> Yes. I'm kind of a broken record because my cult is... Yeah. Your cult of one. So, yes, it is. <laughs> so, uh, thanks for listening to the show. I want to remind you Mine's about... Mine's a cult of everyone. Does no one understand that? Correct. It's not a cult of me. It's the cult of everyone. Everyone should just live and don't cross the line to hurt somebody else. That's it. It's very simple. Stop spreading that idea. It's bad. <laughs> it is bad. <laughs> That's an infectious <laughs> idea. I mean, I live my life in a way that doesn't harm others, but I have the freedom to do things that I want. That's terrible. No, no, no. Stop no. it. No, no, no. All right. So thanks for listening to the website. If you want to join the cult of com <laughs> and sitar.com, you can... You uh, wish. Yeah. <laughs> you can catch us both on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, You should make a YouTube. manifesto. You can catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Market, but if you're in the cult of Apple, of course, uh, you can. <laughs> that, yes. If, if you're in the Microsoft cult, go to the Zoom Music Store, um, and if you're, you're not even joking, because no. that's how it is. And you can also catch this on the RSS feed. Just go to aschool.com, click on the word podcast, subscribe, anything you want, listen on the page. We don't care. Just listen somehow. Listen, because we are giving you these ideas that you need to live your life according to. Email feedback to me at aschoolyatascoolyat.com. Don't email Sid Talk. Or email Sid Talk at sidtalk at cult.com. And <laughs> I bet that does exist. Probably does. <laughs> and uh, I want to say... Cult.org. I mean, come on. They're, they're not materialistic, are they? No. Stay classy, uh, Elizabeth Olsen. Really looking forward to seeing more. I think one of my favorite young actresses. Oh, yeah. Of now. And I'm going to say, there's no surprise to you, think for yourself or someone else will do it for you.